Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. You can find me at ScoutFantasySports.com. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis. I'm here for the next hour, taking you up until 8 p.m. Eastern as week 13 wraps up tonight. The Eagles hosting the Redskins in a big game from NFL purposes. The Redskins can stay pace with the Cowboys with a win. Cowboys now 7-5 lead the division. While the Eagles are trying to get back in the wild card hunt, they are 5-6, so a win gets them to 6-6. Six six. Redskins currently hold the number 6 spot in the NFC Conference. So a big game tonight. Also, from a fantasy perspective, a lot of playoff berths are going to be determined tonight. So a big game there tonight from all perspectives. Of course, check out ScoutFantasySports.com right now as we have all the tools you need to make that postseason push and win that fantasy football championship. I have an early look at the Week 14 waiver wire pickup. There's actually quite a few this week that are going to make a big impact, and that's why you can just never give up and you just have to keep working the waiver wire. There were a lot of instances this year where it was a little dry and there wasn't much, but, man, injuries, suspensions, a lot of crazy things happening over the past week leading to some players that could still be on the waiver wire if your league still has the waiver wire open, obviously, In the Fantasy Football World Championships, the waiver wire is closed. But obviously, in your home leagues, still a lot of opportunities to pick up players here. And uh, there could be a few that make a big difference. So check out that article now. Dr. Arto has his Fantasy Football uh, prescription notes for Week 13. We have a Fantasy Football injury report from Bill Enright, who you frequently hear on this show. And Fantasy Football for breakfast as well. Of course, you can ask your questions. Um on uh, the message boards and forms any time you want, and we will answer them, whatever it is. We've gotten fantasy baseball dynasty questions. I got a basketball question today. So whatever it is, whatever sport, DFS season long, we are there to answer it uh, on the fantasy football, uh, on the uh, Scout Fantasy Sports message board uh, for sure. So just uh, looking here at some breaking news, uh, we were going to talk about this during the show, but it looks like uh, already – that uh, Matt Breda is going to be out this week. He has an ankle sprain. Uh, it's the same ankle, but a different sprain. So already Matt Breda is ruled out for week 14. So that is huge news. And obviously uh, one of the players that's going to, or the player is going to replace him is mentioned in my Wave of Wire article today. So you can read that on scoutfantasysports.com right now. Uh, we'll get into that in just a second. Uh, we'll talk about that running back situation, but already some uh, big news there. So at least we got it early on. So Matt Breda looked like he 
might have potentially been a difference maker down the stretch with the way he's been playing. He is already been ruled out for the week. So uh, I think we got an indication of that. And that was uh, one of the big stories from uh, week 13. Uh, and it might send a lot of people home for the fantasy football playoffs, unfortunately. Of course, check out scoutdfs.com as well. Really good lineup again from the optimizer this week. It had Patrick Holmes, Travis Kelsey, uh, Todd Gurley. So a lot of good picks. Chris Godwin. Uh, I think it had Curtis Samuel too. Uh, and he obviously had a big game. Uh, but Godwin was cheap. So these cheap receivers allowed you to pay up and uh, get some of those key players. So uh, Travis Kelsey, obviously. You know, a lot of times we don't want to pay up for tight end because we see a lot of cheap ones. But a lot of the cheap ones absolutely busted this week. So having Travis Kelsey, who had, I think, 40 points, somewhere in that vicinity, and he had a third touchdown originally called on the field. Replay showed that uh, he was uh, touched down by a defender. So it came back, and uh, Demetrius Harris, I think, scored on the next play or two plays later. But either way, you know, Travis Kelsey was a, a difference maker. So if you went with our optimal lineup and had Kelsey in, uh, you did well. There was a lot of solid running back plays that you could have gotten this week. You know, we talked about a lot of them on the DFS show we did on Friday. You know, Phil Lindsay, obviously Spencer were a little bit of a disappointment. He was only 4,000. We expect a little bit better, but he did score a touchdown at least. So lots of good content there, of course, for NBA DFS as well. It's been killing it. And again, it updates like immediately whenever something is announced. This player is out. Uh, the updates are reflected on the optimizer, so you can check that out. NHL DFS as well. And for all your betting needs, VegasWhispers.com. They've been crushing it with college football. NFL yesterday, I think there was two losses and a push. It was a rough week, I think, for a lot of people. But uh, overall, the winning percentage is good. You can check out. They document the picks each and every night as well. If you follow them on Twitter, at VegasWhispers. And once you become a member, you get a private Twitter feed that sends you alerts of uh, all the picks as they come in let's take a look at some of the latest news right now of course we have the monday night football game tonight one of the key situations we were waiting on was the status of josh adams who was popped up on the injury report i believe it was on friday with a hip injury he is playing tonight he's good to go so you know the eagles are favorites in this game they have been going to the run more recently as they've had a tough time protecting carson wentz so this looks like a good spot for Josh Adams. We have seen a little bit more Corey Clement lately as he finally looks healthy. And, you know, some people had to make tough decisions with Josh Adams. You know, I think we did get word, I think it was on Saturday or early Sunday. You know, we, I've always told you, you know, a lot of these reporters uh, come with good sources. And they did say Corey, I mean, uh, that Adams was going to play. So, you know, in a lot of instances, if I got questions, if you didn't have a backup in this game, I understand going in a different direction because it's a critical week. And, yes, yeah, sometimes those reports are false. Uh, sometimes the player goes out on warm-ups and gets injured and doesn't play. So that was a real risky proposition if you had Adams. So in one league, I didn't need Adams. I didn't play him. I did play him in the Fantasy Football World Championship, beat Adam Ronis online league. I have him in the lineup tonight. But if he did not go, I did have the backup of Josh Doxson. And then in another league, my home league, where I need to win tonight, uh, it's a doubleheader league. So I need at least one win, but probably two to uh, ensure that I get in. My option was uh, Adams, and I picked up Corey Clement just in case. So that's the key is do you have a backup? Uh, this was going back days ago when you were looking ahead uh, because you didn't want to risk it. Because what if you had no one 
and Adams goes out there in warm-ups and says, you know what, I can't play. I thought it was better. It was feeling better the last two days, and I can't go. Then you're stuck, and you get a zero. And you never want to put yourself in that spot. So we saw that, too, with Stephon Diggs over the weekend. You know, I was getting a lot of questions on Diggs. You know, someone asked Dalvin Cook or Diggs. I said, look, Cook is safer. I know he's been disappointing, but, you know, he's run well, and they finally got a more opportunity in the past game. So that worked out. And then someone asked me, Diggs or Dachshund? And I told him I had the same exact decision, and I was going Diggs. And he didn't have a huge game. Uh, PPR, he gave you nine. The league I played in was half point PPR, so he gave me about seven. Uh, obviously, he could have used more, and uh, it's going to – I don't know if that decision – we'll see. If Dachshund goes off tonight, then, yeah, it might have cost me a potential first-round buy. But I put more blame on my quarterbacks. It's a super flex league, and Jared Goff and Stafford did not come through. So it wasn't awful for Diggs if you had to use him. If you you know didn't have anyone at 4 p.m. or later – and it was only Diggs or someone else, I, you know, I probably told you to go with the player in the early game because as we've seen with Diggs before, you know, it's sometimes difficult for him to play through injury. So, you know, you got to make these tough decisions at the time and decide what to do. Also in tonight's game, Jamison Crowder is active for the Redskins. This is the first time since he's played in week five. It is so funny. I've had Crowder in an IR spot for weeks, and uh, because the game was tonight, uh, the site did not have him as out because he wasn't. So I had to cut him, and of course he comes back tonight. Obviously, he wasn't really doing much anyway in his first four games of the season, but now with a different quarterback in Colt McCoy. So interested to see how he fares tonight. I doubt many people are using him in season-long weeks. And someone who was picked up off the waiver wire over the last week or two, Trey Quinn, he's inactive tonight. So uh, make sure you take note of that if you are in a season-long league or if you're playing the showdown slate tonight in DFS or playing the Monday-Thursday slate that Trey Quinn is out. Jamison Crowder is in, and Chris Thompson, who we knew about in the middle of the week, he is in as well. Uh, other news going on, obviously, last night, big injury for James Conner happened in the Sunday night football game, and it didn't look good at the time. I know uh, Dr. David Chow, who... A, a lot of times we'll be on Twitter and analyze these injuries. He thought it was a high ankle sprain. Uh, it looks like, according to Mike Tomlin, they're saying that it is a lower leg contusion. And NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported earlier today that the injury is not considered major at all. That doesn't mean he won't sit this week. And maybe there's more on this after an MRI comes out tomorrow. But Either way, you're going to go to the wave wire and pick up Jalen Samuels, and especially if you are an owner of James Conner. And he's been mentioned in my fab column for the last two to three weeks. I just put, keep putting reminders there. Pick up your handcuff. Pick up your handcuff. I don't think you always have to draft your handcuffs. You just can't, depending on your roster size. If you only have 16 roster spots, you can't handcuff everyone at the draft. It's just virtually impossible. You have bye weeks. You have injuries. You just can't do it. But when you get later in the season as the bye weeks start to wind down, yeah, that is the time that you want to handcuff some of your players. I mean, all you need to do is look at last week. If Kareem Hunt owners handcuff Spencer Ware, you know, last week or the week before, they're good. You didn't have to worry about, you know, not being at your computer or phone when the news broke about Kareem Hunt in leagues where it was first come, first serve. And if you didn't have any fab money left for those that had the fab run on Friday night, then, you know, you would have uh, not lost out. So it's a lesson, and that's what you want to do, and that's what I try to do with people. So, you know, you always want to learn lessons each and every year, no matter what caliber of player you are, whether you're a veteran. And, you know, that was a hard lesson for the Kareem Hunt owners. If they didn't have Spencer Ware, 
So you want to do it with Jalen Samuels if you haven't already. He's probably sitting out there still in some leagues. Now, we might see a little Steven Ridley as well, but Samuels will be the lead back or get the majority of the touches, and we did see him score a touchdown last night after Connor left the game. And another thing to note, Jalen Samuels has tight end eligibility in Yahoo. I mean, you talk about a potential difference maker. If Connor sits and Samuels is the guy to put Samuels in your tight end spot, that's just insane because he worked out at the combine as a tight end and was a hybrid player in college. So that's why, you know, I do think that Yahoo is a little bit too liberal on their position eligibilities. We've seen it in all sports, but you know what? You have to take advantage of that. I'm pretty sure in every other league that I play, he's only running back eligible. But either way, if Connor does sit, you're looking at Samuels becoming a play this week, especially with the matchup going up against the Oakland Raiders. One of the other big injuries from the uh, Week 13 was A.J. Green. And, you know, this is just really unfortunate for his fantasy owners. We talked about A.J. Green last week, and I said I had him in two leagues and I was going to play him. In my 14-team league, it was hard not to play him. I didn't really have better options. And looking on my bench right now, you know, no one really stood out. I mean, Rashad Penny was on my bench, but how could we have seen Matt coming? He didn't have a huge workload, so not really a bad decision there. It's just unfortunate. And in the other league, I could have played Chris Godwin or, or Cortland Sutton, and I probably should have done that the safer route. I had already locked up a division, and it looks like I'll be the one seed in that league, but total points do matter. So we do have an overall championship from weeks 14 to 16, and the regular season points do matter. So, you know, I might have cost myself 20 points there. We did talk about last week. Like Cortland Sutton in this week, I said, if he doesn't score this week or doesn't have a good game, that's it. We're done. You know, it was a great matchup against the Bengals, and he did score. And, of course, Chris Godwin, anyone who has listened or read my work, knows how much I love Chris Godwin. We do a preseason pro picks on ScoutFantasySports.com. My sleeper was Chris Godwin. I mean, I love this guy. He's so talented. The only problem with Godwin this year has been they have so many receivers there. And But once we knew Deshaun Jackson was out, that opened it up for Godwin. You know, I think he played 57% of the snaps two weeks ago. I didn't see the final number for this past week, but, you know, good matchup there against the Panthers. He's always a guy that's a threat in the red zone, and he did come through. You know, he was a lock in my cash lineups. He was 3,900 on DraftKings. So, in hindsight, I probably should have went with the safer play there, but, you know, it didn't hurt me in the end. But, you know, I can't blame people for A.J. Green. We always debate this back and forth. Do you put a player out there in his first game back? We've seen times where it works. We've seen other times where it doesn't. You know, Adrian Green was not on the final injury report, and obviously there was an aggravation there. He's in a walking boot today. Marvin Lewis didn't update his status. Green's not going to play. I mean, you can wait to cut him until Tuesday or Wednesday if you want. He's not going to play. He was carted off. He was clearly in pain and upset and dejected. Bengals have nothing to play for. He's not going to be back. I'd be stunned. So his season is over. Speaking of players whose season is over, Christian Kirk. The Cardinals placed him on injury reserve with a broken foot. You know, Kirk had been pretty good, a playmaker. So not that there's anybody on this team that you can really get excited about. This is just a, not a good offense. So it's pretty much Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson, although we saw Chase Edmonds stealing two touchdowns from David Johnson owners that had to be extremely deflating for them. Uh, the Chiefs, they signed Charkandrick West. Uh, there was rumors that it could have been C.J. Anderson, but they went the right way of Charkandrick West, who has played with the Chiefs before, so he's familiar with the system. And to me, this is just running back depth. 
I don't think you're going to see Sharkandrick West play a big role in this offense. He obviously was with the team last year, uh, had only 18 carries, 27 receptions on 34 targets. So he's familiar with the system. It's running back depth. Still think you're going to see a lot of Spencer Ware, although we did see comments from Andy Reid where he said that he wanted to use three backs. Uh, we did see Damian Williams get in the mix. He played about 26% of the snaps, had about seven touches in this one, but still I think Spencer Ware is going to be the lead back, and maybe he's just not going to be the difference maker that we thought. Uh, obviously he wasn't going to just go in and do what Kareem Hunt did because Kareem Hunt's more talented, but you got to like the system and still wears in a good spot, probably more of an RB2 as opposed to the RB1 where I know a lot of people had him ranked this week, and I did like him as an RB1 this week, did use him in DFS, only 4,000 on DraftKings, and again, he scored a touchdown, so it wasn't too bad. Uh, Bill O'Brien said the Texans have yet to decide if they will activate Deonta Foreman. He's been practicing since November 14th. So they have to activate him on Wednesday or leave him on the pup. You can't count on him. I, you know, I said that when we were talking about him as a potential stash. It's just coming off an Achilles injury is a big problem. And Lamar Miller has been fine. Alfred Blue's been okay. And they've won nine in a row. So I don't expect Foreman to be a fantasy contributor this year. And Pat Shermer left the door open for Kyle Laletta to potentially see time later this year. Eli Manning has already been the name the starter for this week. But you got to think the Giants want to get a look at Laletta at some point. When we return, a crazy week 13, a lot of storylines to hit on. That is ahead right here at Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here, Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're playing NBA DFS tonight, and you're on DraftKings. The late swap got some news here that Nikola Miritich is out. So upgrade Julius Randle. He's in a good spot tonight. So that's the good thing. If you're on FanDuel and you played Miritich, you're screwed. He's locked in your lineup. But the good thing there is they do drop your lowest score. So I play mostly on uh, DraftKings for the most part. So just making those final changes now to my lineup and uh, should be good to go there. So uh, NBA DFS is always interesting. You know, we do get some late scratches. It hasn't been too bad this year, but that's the thing. Uh, You got to pay attention because uh, it can quickly change things, and that is a big deal. You know, there's going to be a lot of people who don't see this news, and uh, they will not have – uh, the the change in there tonight uh, of uh, getting Randall and Anthony Davis pretty much for me is a lock in the lineup tonight. So just finalizing those changes there on uh, on the uh, DraftKings uh, games tonight. So if you're doing the same, make sure you get in there and make those changes right now before uh, it locks at 730 the last game tonight is 8 o'clock, so it's a unique schedule here tonight. Um, not a lot, a ton of late games. So I know that frustrates people that play NBA DFS, but I like it. Uh, and you're going to lose sometimes, unfortunately, when things like this happen. But uh, 
So while you pay attention and you listen to this show, uh, we'll keep you posted. And, of course, we'll be doing a lot more NBA once the NFL season winds down. Uh, you can check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Got an early look at the Week 14 waiver wire. Dr. Otto has his Week 13 prescription notes and, of course, the injury report as well. We'll answer all your questions on the message boards and forums when you become a member. Uh, and it's going to be really useful here in real time. You know, I was answering questions on Sunday during the games right before the 4 p.m. Uh, questions on digs. So uh, you get great access there. And, of course, scoutdfs.com. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned before, the NBA optimizer, right when the news breaks, it automatically reflects. So if I click uh, an optimal lineup now, and what I like to do is just take a few core guys that I like, and then I'll just see what it gives me. And a lot of times, you know, there'll be a couple times I accident. I'm like, nah, I don't like it. And times I'll be wrong. Other times I'll be right. Uh, so, you know, do your research, put in your picks. But uh, if you do it now, it has uh, – Julius Randle in the optimal optimal lineup because it's uh, getting that news of Miritich. So that's why it's really useful. And uh, I just always say keep hitting refresh, especially right before lineup lock. You can hit refresh and make sure that, uh, you know, you get in there. By the way, also, I forgot to mention, Darren Sproles is active tonight. First time he's played since week one. So very interested to see because they've always used him whenever he's been active. It's not like Josh Adams is uh, in the passing game much anyway. So, uh, you know, that's uh, something to keep an eye on. But still like Adam Stunnett. Obviously, if you've been rolling with him, maybe DFS uh, a little bit different. But, uh, you know, definitely something to keep an eye on. I mentioned about A.J. Green and how I thought, you know, that's it. He's done. Well, we do have news now on A.J. Green. And the news is he is uh, going to go season-ending surgery on the torn ligaments in his toe. It's going to sideline him three to four months. Uh, he is expected to be ready for OTAs. This is according to Adam Schefter. So not surprised at all. I mean, I have in the two leagues where I have him, I'm like, he's done. I'm not counting on him. Uh, one is a league where I cannot make any more roster moves, but fortunately I have some good wide receiver depth. I'll replace Green with either Chris Godwin or Cortland Sutton most weeks. Uh, and I'm hoping that it's uh, – I'm hoping Deshaun Jackson stays out. So I can just roll with uh, Chris Godwin because I really like Chris Godwin. And you saw his potential yesterday as long as uh, Deshaun Jackson is out. Uh, Other news and headlines from this past week. uh, The Packers finally fire Mike McCarthy. I mean, it was just an abysmal performance yesterday. You know, I saw the line earlier in the week when it first came out. Packers favored by 14 and a half over the Cardinals. I was like, man, I got to jump on the Cardinals here before this line goes down. I actually never got around to it, but, like, the Packers should not be favored over anybody by 14 and a half. This is a team that is just not playing good football. And to lose at home against the Cardinals, you figure that something drastic was going to happen. McCarthy was in trouble anyway. This team is 4-7-1. and one. They just look listless. Even Aaron Rodgers doesn't look interested. I mean, he's been one of the biggest busts. And, you know, I don't take quarterbacks early. Uh, this is an example why. I mean, this was a great year. I mean, it happens every year. But, you know, this was – I never take the quarterbacks early. And you could see it works. We've seen people who do take quarterbacks early, and they have success. So I've always said there's different ways to win your league, but I just will never take a quarterback early. You can find guys off the waiver wire. I mean, you could have picked up Lamar Jackson recently, Baker Mayfield, Mariota. There's just so many ways to go, and especially this year, too. If you took Patrick Mahomes as your backup, then he became your starter, and anyone else was expendable. So 
Uh, just really tough to take that quarterback early. And look, Aaron Rodgers has produced almost every year, but man, it has just been a terrible year for him. And what was more head scratching in this game was, you know, the usage of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I thought Aaron Jones was in a smash spot. I put a prop bet on him to score a touchdown. It didn't pay out a lot, obviously, because he was a heavy favorite. Uh, and he did score, but I liked him in DFS too. 6,700 on DraftKings against that abysmal Cardinals defense. And, you know, I still cashed on my cash games with him, but my original three running backs on DK uh, in the middle of the week were Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, and Philip Lindsay. And then Spencer Ware came into the mix, and I wound up having Ware go over Lindsay, which uh, obviously was a loss, but it was enough to cash in cash games. I was good in the other spots, but uh, Lindsay was in a smash spot at 5,400. We talked about him last week. We did say the one thing that was a little bit worrisome with him was – the lack of a, a big workload, but he was 5,400. You know, he's not a guy that's going to get 20 touches, but, man, he's just been so good this year. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about him a little bit more. But uh, Aaron Jones, 39 snaps. Jamal Williams, 38. Like, what are you doing, McCarthy? It's like you were begging to get fired. Jamal Williams had seven carries for 13 yards, and Aaron Jones, 11 for 36. Jones did catch four passes for 16 yards, and Williams had four for 14. But this offense just looked terrible. They just were not in sync. Really, Devontae Adams at least came through with 13 targets, 8 for 93 and a touchdown. Jimmy Graham surprisingly had 8 for 50. Seen him dropped in some leagues, and I can't blame people for that because he just wasn't producing. Uh, he had the broken thumb. He didn't look good in that first outing. So uh, definitely not what you were hoping for. Uh, I mean, if you dropped him, you're probably like, oh, man, look at what he gave me, a tight end 13 and a PPR. That's a lot nowadays. But you couldn't have expected – much based on the initial game following the broken thumb. But he's been able to play through it. Talked about Spencer Ware, and yeah, he was a disappointment. Expected more. It's a great matchup against Oakland. They relied on the pass a little bit more. Ware did get 15 touches, though. 14 for 47 on the ground with a rushing touchdown. Just one reception for five yards. So they really didn't use him in the pass game much. And I'm sure because the Kareem Hunt news broke on Friday, they didn't really have many practices. Now, Ware has been there, and he's been successful in this offense before. But they probably have to make a, a, a late shift. And they, they relied on Patrick Mahomes more, and obviously it got the job done. But still feel Ware is going to be the guy going forward. You might see a little bit of a Damian Williams mixed in there. Uh, as we did see this week. But again, 26% of the snaps. So where we're still, uh, you know, above 65%. And it's a great offense where you should have plenty of opportunities to score. So maybe not a smash mouth RB1, but he's in the RB2 range. I know uh, Andy Reid has mentioned, too, about potentially, you know, mixing in and playing three running back. But where should get the bulk of the touches in this offense? I mean, Patrick Mahomes, another smash game, man. I mean, what more is there to say about him? Scott just putting up amazing numbers this season. He has 41 touchdowns with four games to go. He's going to hit 50. 9.1 yards per attempt, 3,923 yards, 67% completion rate. The one thing that we thought going into the year is, oh, he might make mistakes and throw a lot of interceptions. You know, he's throwing 10, so not terrible. He's rushed a little bit too, 238 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Just been amazing this year. And that's why, you, you know, you take that QB2 with upside. You know, it, it, see, in my, I know in a lot of leagues I'll say don't take a backup quarterback. If I have 16 roster spots, I'm not taking a backup quarterback. I just can't do it. Just don't have the room. I need to stash those running backs. Now, in a league with 20 roster spots, like the Fantasy Football World Championships, I will take two quarterbacks. And when I did the Beat Adam Ronis Online League in Las Vegas, 
I did take Patrick Mahomes as my backup. And, of course, after – I think it was after a week, one or two, he pretty much started for me. Yeah, he started every week uh, outside of his bye week. So that's where it helps in a league like that. Uh, if you For me, if you use my strategy, you would have had to take him as your QB1, which might have seemed like a risk going into the air, but some people did it. And, you know, I, I do criticize people when I do these drafts, uh, industry drafts, and I see 16 roster spots and I see, see people take two quarterbacks, I always criticize it because I don't think it's smart. Now, the Mahomes owner might come back to me this year. We took him as a QB2 and said, see, it worked out. Well, it also depends on how long you hung on to the two quarterbacks. It's really tough to do, um, especially if you also want a second tight end. So uh, it worked out this year. But, again, it's just easier to find a quarterback on the waiver wire. Even if you don't have Mahomes this year, you could still have success. But, obviously, the teams with Mahomes are feeling really good. One of the other big injuries from yesterday was Greg Olson. Uh, he hurt that foot again. Looks like he tore the plantar fascia off it. You know, he basically, the way he was talking, they didn't officially say it yet, but he sounded like his season's over. And I said this at the time. This is not a second guess. I was extremely concerned with Greg Olson lasting the whole year. I just, I remember seeing people picking him up off the waiver wire, spending a lot of money. I had no interest. Now, I did wind up picking him up in a league about two, three weeks ago. Uh, I think my tight end was Kyle Rudolph. And, you know, Kyle Rudolph just has not been getting it done. I know he had a big game against Green Bay a couple weeks ago, which he usually always does. But I said, all right, I'll take the shot with Olsen. He's healthy for now, and he was scoring touchdowns. But it was inevitable. I mean, he said at the time of the injury that he was going to need surgery at the end of the year. There's no way you would expect him to last the entire year. And he had some good weeks, but he really fall off, fell off after the last three weeks. You know, week 11, two for nine with a touchdown. Week 12, two for 11. And obviously he played 13 snaps before going down. So Olsen's going to be pretty much out for the year. I don't think they've officially said that yet, but don't count on him. Ian Thomas will replace him. The rookie came in, did have five receptions yesterday. We did see earlier in the year when he did replace Olsen. He wasn't involved in the offense much. You know, I really, I, I don't want to pick him up. Uh, he's on the waiver wire column because, you know, there's not a lot of tight ends available. So maybe if you had Jack Doyle and maybe you thought Matt Lacoste was the answer and he didn't have a reception – Maybe you look at him, but I got to think that you're in better shape if you're in the playoffs than going with Thomas. The one thing is the Panthers do have to throw quite a bit right now. Their defense is bad, and I think, obviously, this is an upgrade for the receivers. Uh, we've seen Curtis Samuel with one of his best games of the year, which was encouraging because Devin Funches was back, and Funches did score a touchdown, but they said before the game that he was limited. I remember someone asked me a question about Devin Funches and I forgot who else, and I said the other guy. And I know Funches scored the touchdown, but he played like 32 snaps. He wasn't limited by that back injury. And anytime you see that in a key week, you can't roll with it. And Funches was fortunate enough to score, but Curtis Samuel played uh, the second most snaps behind D.J. Moore. He had 11 targets. It's a season high, six catches for 88 yards. He's hit at least nine points in PPR formats in three straight weeks. He has a touchdown in two of the last three games. He's a playmaker. They even give him a carry or two. Uh, with an end around, a wide receiver reverse. So uh, they're going to be passing a lot. So it's definitely good news there for Curtis Samuel. We talked about Matt Breda. Matt Breda was definitely frustrating this week because we didn't hear this. This is similar to what happened with Evan Ingram two weeks ago. If you remember, Ingram got hurt in warm-ups, and it wasn't announced until after lineup lock that he was hurt. The same thing happened with Matt Breda here. He got hurt in warm-ups, 
He's been dealing with a bad ankle all season. I mean, Breda's been amazing this year. Like, how many times have we seen him go down and be like, oh, that's it, he's out for the year, and he keeps coming back. So give him a lot of credit, a lot of toughness, but he is a small back that has shown a penchant for getting injured and not staying healthy. So Breda got hurt in the warm-ups. We didn't know, and he wasn't on the field much. And we're all sitting there like, what's going on? Uh, I have Breda. I actually have Breda in a lot of best league because I liked him. I thought he was still going to play a role this year, even with uh, Jarek McKinnon. And obviously McKinnon went down. And then Breda's price in redraft leagues got too high for me. Uh, I did pick him up in one league and did start him and lost this week. Uh, that's because I had no Leonard Fournette, no Kareem Hunt. So Breda was in there. But uh, Jeff Wilson, uh, undrafted out of North Texas, he played a, a big game here. Uh, 15 carries, 61 yards, and eight receptions for 73 yards on nine targets. He's obviously in the waiver wire article for today. And in case you're just joining us, we already have word that Matt Breda is out for week 14. So uh, he will uh, sit this week uh, with that ankle injury. And I also think that they kind of want to see Jeff Wilson anyway. This is kind of evaluation mode time for the 49ers. So Wilson becomes a, a very hot pickup uh, this year uh, for this week. You no, know, he is going against the Broncos. They've been playing better defense, but either way, um, you know, he's going to be involved heavily in the passing game. So don't think he's a must start, but you definitely want to add him if you have some issues at running back or play keep away from your opponents, and especially if you're a 14 or 16 team league. So uh, Jeff Wilson in a good spot now where he will be starting as Matt Breda has already been ruled out for week 14 against the Broncos. Last night, we saw Justin Jackson look really good for the Chargers. And, you know, Jackson was someone I mentioned on last week's show. He was also in the wave of wire pickups. I did pick him up in one league. Wound up dropping him because I needed to drop someone to activate A.J. Green. And I had Austin Eckler on the roster. And Eckler was the guy I wanted to start. Now, Eckler wasn't great. He didn't have a lot of room to run, though. It was amazing to me. You know, whenever Eckler got the ball, he ran into a wall. Whenever Jackson got it, there was space. But Eckler, 13 carries for 21 yards, five receptions for 22 yards. But Jackson gave him a nice jolt there in the fourth quarter. He had eight carries for 63 yards and a rushing touchdown, and he caught a 19-yard pass. So if you did use him, I did have Jackson in the deep sleeper column for Week 13, basically saying, hey, if you're in a bind, if you lost Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, you don't have much. You could take a look at Justin Jackson, understand that, you know, you were probably going to get most of the touches for Eckler, and that was the case, but they brought in Jackson in, and he produced. Now, as far as next week, we don't know yet because we have to see what happens with Melvin Gordon. I know there was a report that they said they were optimistic about Melvin Gordon playing this week. I don't see it. If you're Look at the Chargers' perspective. They had a big win last night over the Steelers. They are one game behind the Chiefs. They play the Chiefs in week 15 on Thursday night. That's a big game. They play the Bengals this week. The Bengals are just in shambles. They're terrible. Chargers can win this game. Now, sometimes teams don't make that decision. We saw them push Melvin Gordon against Arizona. We know they didn't eat Gordon against Arizona. They let him play. I think Gordon sits this week, and that would mean Eckler and Jackson's get a lot of touches and I think both would be in play because you got to think the Chargers handle the Bengals with ease it is the Chargers and we've seen them disappoint before but I really like this team think it's different so my guess is Gordon sits this week 
Lots more ahead as we go through the Week 13 storylines of what it means for your fantasy team here on Scout Fantasy Sports. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday. You can listen to the show live for one hour at 7 p.m. Eastern or you can check it out on demand anytime you want. Just go to your podcast, search for Scout Fantasy Sports and download it. And the show is uploaded pretty quickly once it ends. So you can listen anytime you want. And you can also find me at ScoutFantasySports.com on Twitter, at Adam Ronis. Have the early look at the Week 14 waiver wire, which is becoming more interesting as some of the news breaks here tonight. Dr. Roto has his Week 13 prescription notes. We have a Week 13 injury recap from Bill Enright as well. And we answer your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. Tons of tools to use as well as ScoutDFS.com. As I mentioned tonight, uh, if you use the optimizer, and if you are on DraftKings, obviously because the Nikola Miritich news broke a little late, he's out with an illness, but that certainly made uh, things interesting on DraftKings. We have the late swap, and uh, you can get in Julius Randle, who is now in the starting lineup for tonight. So uh, that's why it's uh, make sure that you uh, check it out. It's uh, a useful tool that can help you out in a major way. Uh, let's take a, a look at Week 13, some of the things that stood out. You know, a lot has been made about Lamar Jackson, and rightfully so. He's a quarterback that runs, and we have seen throughout the years in fantasy, if you have a quarterback that gives you rushing yards, they just give you a big advantage because 60, 70 yards is 6, 7 points. And depending on how many points a touchdown is, you know, a quarterback can rush for 80 yards right there. That's basically two passing touchdowns in a four-point passing league. So before they even do anything through the air, just gives you a big advantage. So a lot of people talking about Lamar Jackson, and rightfully so, picked him up in leagues. But Josh Allen is pretty much doing the same, if not better right now. In the last two weeks, if you look at what Josh Allen has done, week 12 against Jacksonville, where he only completed eight passes, 160 passing yards and a passing touchdown. But on the ground, 13 carries, 99 yards and a touchdown. And this past week against Miami, he threw 33 times as they played from behind. 231 passing yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. On the ground, nine for 135. So right there, 13 and a half points alone before he even throws a pass. So he's got a nice schedule to finish the year. And look, I think most people in the playoffs right now are pretty set at quarterback. But if you need someone, if you've been streaming every week, Allen's got to be in play. I mean, he's been a QB1 now two weeks in a row. And they have the Jets this week. Now, if you watch him play, 
there's flaws, no doubt. We know he has a big arm. We know he's inaccurate, but he can run. He can make things happen. And if he's going to run like he is, I mean, he's probably – I think he's going to lead this team in rushing this year. He's got 389. Actually, I don't I don't even know. He has 389 rushing yards. Does I'm going to look now with LaShawn McCoy. McCoy has 478 rushing yards. So can you imagine? We might see Josh Allen lead this team in rushing. McCoy's got 143 carries on the season. Allen obviously has done it in a lot less. Allen has, uh, let's see, Allen has on the season has 57 carries. So, man, uh, we might see Allen lead this team in rushing by the end of the year. So this is another example of how now we have to see it play out to see if Allen finishes the season strong. But definitely think you can use him in DFS and I don't think a lot we we've spoken about a lot, but he's definitely in play. DFS haven't seen his price for the week, but good matchup in with that floor uh, just on the rushing ability alone. So uh, someone to consider. Now Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, you know he was solid. He got you the rushing touchdown you needed. He did suffer a concussion in this game, get evaluated. He was cleared and he came back, uh, and he had 17 carries, 75 yards, and a rushing touchdown. So he's hit at least 71 rushing yards in all three starts. He has two rushing touchdowns in those starts. As a passer, obviously, not a lot of volume. It didn't need in this one. They had the lead uh, 12 of 21, 125 passing yards, no touchdowns. So he only has one passing touchdown and three picks in his three starts. And it remains to be seen if he's going to start this week. Joel Flacco was practicing a little bit late in the week. Now, what do they do? They've won three games with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Now, it was against Sensi, Oakland, and Atlanta. And now this week, they have the Chiefs. So, I mean, think about it, though. If you're going to play the Chiefs, do you really think Joe Flacco is going to be able to stand up there in a shootout? Aren't you better off just doing what they have been doing, run the football a lot, try to keep the Chiefs' offense off the field, have these long drives? It's probably their best shot to win, and obviously they are competing for a playoff spot. But there was also a report that they could use both quarterbacks. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, I know I have a decision to make this week because I have Lamar Jackson, Marcus Mariota, and Matthew Stafford. Mariota plays Thursday against Jacksonville. And just when the Jacksonville defense looked a little bit vulnerable, I mean, I said it last week. I said, I'm not scared of them. Well, it didn't work out too well this week. How about the performance of the Indianapolis Colts, man? I did not see this coming. Jacksonville came to play. Now, maybe it's a divisional game. They wanted to spoil the Colts, whatever it was. But, man, they came to play. They shut out the Colts. Andrew Luck had eight straight games with at least three passing touchdowns. And Andrew Luck, 248 passing yards, 4.8 yards per pass attempt, no touchdowns in a pick. He was sacked three times. We know he hasn't been getting touched much this year. But, wow, what a dreadful performance for the Colts. And could hurt their playoff chances. They are now 6-6, six and six, a full game behind the Ravens. But, man. What a disappointment for this Colts offense and uh, the Jacksonville defense came to play. So if you did use Jacksonville's defense this week, they got you a shutout. Uh, obviously, offensively, not much going on at all. Cody Kessler just 18-24 to 24 for 150. They do get Leonard Fournette back this week. So I said last week when we talked about it, we were talking about Carlos Hyde, 3,300 on DraftKings. I said it's a trap. Don't do it. He was bad. 13 for 36. One catch for one yard. I don't even know if I recommended him in any seasonal questions. Maybe one or two, but it wasn't really high on him. Yeldon, obviously, 
got it done in the passing game, 7 for 49 through the air, only 8 for 16 on the ground. But Leonard Fournette will be back this week and obviously get 25 touches, so you can get him back in the lineup. But the Colts let you down. You know, if you did use T.Y. Hilton, he came through. He was 8 for 77. I mentioned how I wasn't really worried that they'd find a way to get him off Jalen Ramsey, and they did. Uh, so he had 13 targets, 8 for 77. Of course, Eric Ebron was a great play in DFS. Like, it was really difficult for me to not play Eric Ebron because you knew he was going to get a ton of targets. They looked for him in the red zone. So had to play him. And uh, he came through with 10 catches for 81 yards, 16 targets. So uh, he was in a good spot, and uh, he produced. Naheem Hines at 9 for 50, as they couldn't do much on the ground. Marlamack just 8 for 27. So really brutal game there for the Colts' offense. Talked about Chris Godwin earlier, and, you know, basically once we knew Deshaun Jackson was out, it was get Chris Godwin in. Adam Humphreys, too. I will say that. You know, Adam Humphreys has kind of been a little undervalued if you look at his numbers each and every week. But Godwin is a guy who benefited. He had a second 100-yard game of the season, six six targets, Five catches, one-on-one, and a touchdown. That's the thing about Godwin. We've seen him. He doesn't really need a huge amount of volume to produce. And he's had a lot of good games this year. And if Deshaun Jackson is out for an extended period of time, you got to fire Godwin up. So he came through with 21 points in a PPR format. And Humphreys did too. If you use both of them in DFS to save you a lot of salary cap relief. You know, Humphreys had seven catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets. Humphreys has scored a touchdown in three straight games. He has five touchdowns in the last five games, as we've seen Jameis Winston continuously look for him. In fact, Humphreys has hit double-digit points in PPR formats in five of the last six games. So we've mentioned this Tampa Bay offense. They're going to pass a lot. Their defense is bad. They should be playing from behind, and they've had a tough time running the ball. Now, this was a game where they actually played from ahead. They were up 17-7. At halftime, and once again, Jameis Winston played well. His second straight game without a turnover. We have not said that many times during his career. You know, we expect big volume from him. He only had 30 pass attempts. He did get you 249 and two touchdowns, and he ran pretty well, too. Five carries for 48 yards. Peyton Barber, if you did use him, 16 for 45 on the ground with a rushing touchdown, but just 2.8 yards per carry. Uh, Mike Evans, though, was a disappointment here with four for 48. And Cameron Bray, three for 36. He dropped a touchdown. Early in this game, he dropped the touchdown. So if you used him, it should have been a better day. As far as the Panthers, Cam Newton, I wonder if he's playing hurt because some of the throws he made, he got no velocity on it. And late in the game when they needed a Hail Mary, they took him out. They didn't even let him throw the Hail Mary. So I really haven't seen anything written on this, but very interested to see if anything comes out on that because – uh, he did not look good towards the end of the game, and I wonder if his shoulder is bothering him. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey, that's the one thing, no matter what. And for me, he was a, pretty much a lock in my uh, DFS lineup, so specifically in cash. He's just getting too much volume. He's too involved in the pass game. He had 10 for 106 on the ground, 9 for 55 through the air and a touchdown. Just an amazing season he has had. And he obviously got a lot of buzz as we got closer to the season. You know, if you did, and that's the one benefit of drafting early, and we talk about this a lot uh, when we're talking best ball in May and June, you could have gotten McCaffrey mid to late second round. Obviously, the closer we got to the season, it was basically a late first round, 
Saw some leagues where he went seventh, eighth overall, but it is working out. He's got 11 total touchdowns. He has 80 receptions. There's four games to go. He should easily go over 100. He'll get to 1,000 yards. He probably won't get to 1,000 yards receiving. He's at 663, so it's going to take a lot of work for him to get there, but what an amazing year he has had uh, for sure as uh, paying huge dividends for those that took him early in the draft. DJ Moore, a little bit of a disappointment, four for 44 and eight targets. I liked him, uh, and he did not come through. I did use him in a couple of DFS lineups. Look, it was a great matchup going against the Bucks, and Moore has been very productive. It just didn't happen for him in this game. It was Samuel who led the way. We talked about him earlier as he had 11 targets, caught six passes for 88 yards. Uh, one of the best stories of the year is Philip Lindsay. This guy was undrafted. He wasn't even invited to the combine. And he went for a lot of money in the high stakes leagues after that week one. He had a, I mean, he was going for a three, four, five hundred dollars. And I was like, damn. I got him in a league for I think a little bit under two hundred. And thank goodness I did it because he is someone that you're just getting in your lineup every week. And a huge game for him, predictably, against the Bengals. 19 carries, 157 yards, and two touchdowns. Third straight game, he's averaged at least seven yards per carry. Uh, only one catch for two yards. That's the thing is, we really haven't seen him do much in the passing game lately. And part of that is the Broncos have been playing from ahead. All of a sudden, the Broncos are right there in that playoff picture. They have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. You know, Lindsey was a big part of the passing game early in the season. He only has one catch over the last two weeks, but uh, his second straight game of at least 100 rushing yards, his third of the year, he's got five touchdowns over the last three games, nine on the season. What a story. He's going to go over 1,000 yards. He's at 937 right now. And I've discussed this on a couple different shows over the last two weeks. I think he's the waiver wire pickup of the year. And all people are going to say James Conner. Connor was drafted in most competitive leagues. I mean, I saw a high-stakes league draft in August where he went in round nine. So someone – either had a great inkling that Bell was going to sit or got tipped off or something. But Connor in most competitive leagues was drafted, so I can't include him. So for me, it's Lindsey. For a while, I was looking like Tyler Boyd. And there might be some guys that you picked up middle. Maybe there's someone here that's going to go off and be an MVP for the fantasy football playoffs from weeks 14 to 16. But over the course of a season, you know, especially if you spent the four or 500 bucks week one, that's what you want. If you're going to spend that money, you want someone that's going to help you the entire year. Lindsey's been a guy that's helped every week. I mean, he really only had, looking at it now, one bad game. Week three against Baltimore, he only played 11 snaps, four carries, 20 yards. Even in week six against the Rams, where he was only four for 18, he still had six catches for 48 yards. And every game after that, he's been in double-digit points in PPR format. So to me, slam dunk, waiver wire pickup of the year, Philip Lindsey, he's been amazing. Russell Wilson, to me, has been I cannot fathom what this guy is doing. Always liked Russell Wilson, liked him for fantasy. But this is a team that wants to run the football all day this year. That's all they want to do is run the football. And Russell Wilson just continues to put up big numbers on no volume. In the first half, or there was a portion of the game, he was four of six for 103 yards and three passing touchdowns. Like, you just don't, you're not effective that way. Like, someone was asking me about Russell Wilson this week. I forgot who the quarterback they compared him to. I said, look, this is a game they should control. Wilson could have put up good numbers, but they should be running a lot in the second half. And Wilson might not be asked to pass that much. And that was true. If I would have told you before the game, 
Russell Wilson's going to have 17 pass attempts. Would you think he's a great play? You say, no, it's not enough volume. And he was. He still gets it done. He was 11 to 17 for only 185 yards, four passing touchdowns. I mean, just unbelievable what he's doing. He has 29 touchdowns in 12 games and only 2,716 passing yards. And even on the ground, he has 245 rushing yards, but no rushing touchdowns. His pass attempts are just not there. I think the Seahawks are bottom two in pass attempts per game. But Russell Wilson just keeps producing every week. He has multiple touchdowns in every game except one. So it's kind of unexplainable. He's got 225 passing yards or fewer in three of the last four games. And he just keeps getting it done. So guess you just run Russell Wilson out there each and every week. And the other guy, too, who has benefited in a major way is Tyler Lockett, who I like a lot going into the year. I have a lot of Tyler Lockett shares. And every week I look and I'm like, okay, one of these weeks he's going to disappoint. How do I put him out there every week? Because the volume's not there. And I'm like, well, he, I got to do it. He only had two targets in this game. One catch, 52 yards, and a touchdown. And a carry for 10 yards. He has nine touchdowns on the season. He scored every week except three. And even in the weeks that he didn't score, uh, so his lowest game of the year is five points. Week nine against the Chargers, he was three for 22. Even week 11, where he didn't score, five for 71. Week four against Arizona, five for 53. So this guy is just produced each and every week on low volume. Obviously, it's going to regress next year. He's got 56 targets on the year and has nine touchdowns. This is like Will Fuller from last year. It just can't continue. But I like the player, so it's going to be interesting to see. He'll probably get overdrafted, though, next year. You need that volume. These touchdowns just won't last, but they do take deep shots to him every single game, and he did have a deep shot yesterday, too, that drew a pass interference. Something to keep an eye on is Chris Carson. He did have a finger injury. They're saying it's a dislocated finger, so that's not a big deal. That's something that you can play with. Uh, We heard murmurs during the week that Rashad Penny would be more involved in the offense. That wasn't the case, but Penny looked good once again. He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry on the season. He had seven carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and was not involved in the passing game, but he would benefit if Carson missed time. So Penny's a good guy to stash on your bench in case something happens with Carson. He goes down, and Dante Pettis looked really good in this one. Mentioned him in the waiver wire last week. Five catches, 129 yards, two touchdowns, and seven targets, and he should continue to see a lot of snaps, even if Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garçon return. That wraps it up here. Hope you guys make the playoffs tonight if you're battling with the Redskins and Eagles game having a big impact. I'll be back on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.